You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 86. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Heart Food Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in today, like always. Quick housekeeping update before we get started on the show today, which is going to be a solo episode and a little bit different than what it normally is. Um, Public Pro starts on Monday, June 24th, which is a week from yesterday. If you are listening to the show the day it comes out on Tuesday, um, June, <laughs> June 18th, um, Prep Like a Pro starts on June 24th, runs until June 28th. It is a free five-day cooking and nutrition e-course. So we are going to go over really simple cooking methods that are going to change your life. I do not say that lightly. People say this is like the best piece of cooking content that they have ever gone through. Um, And I don't even like it doesn't even matter to me if like you are a home cook that makes recipes or something. If you have to rely on a recipe, um, then, you know, I would not really, you know, sometimes I think that relying on a recipe can be limiting. So because it, it prevents you from sort of cooking on the fly, not saying that you're not a good cook if you follow recipes. So please don't take it that way. But I am on a mission to teach people how to cook without recipes, just using practical and simple methods. And we're going to be going over all of that during Prep Like a Pro. So I really encourage you to sign up for that. And I really can't wait to have you in there and to see you. Today's episode is going to be some of my thoughts on things that I have been thinking about recently, (laughs) which are thoughts. Um, But basically my thoughts on navigating the current nutritional climate that is out there in the world and like who to listen to, who to trust. Um, I also think that there is something happening out there where, you know, the lines of giving nutritional recommendations or advice like can teeter into diet culture talk. And I think that that line can be very fine because if I'm being honest with you, sometimes I struggle with the fact of like how, you know, not in the work that I do with my clients and my one-on-one clients, because that is a very intimate relationship and it's, you know, highly customized, um, which I believe is, is the number one tool for sustainability. I do think that everyone needs something different in terms of the approach, in terms of how to track wins, in terms of how to gauge 
if you're feeling better or not. So everyone needs something different. But sometimes I struggle with like my content and how far I want to go with educating. And if I want to say, you know, the truth about what I think when it comes to certain things that I see out there. I think, you know, if you are somebody who has a business and it's online, I think that's a common thing that we struggle with. I think through the years, I have gotten a lot better at using my voice and feeling more comfortable. But when it comes to this specific area, sometimes I do worry, like, do people take what I say as, you know, being in the muddy waters of diet culture? And, you know, should I tone my message down? And I don't think any of those things are necessarily true. Those are just, you know, thoughts that run through my head. But I wanted to do a podcast episode on how we can approach nutrition and how we can make sure that we are not in diet culture. And also how I think that me and other like, you know, certified nutrition professionals sometimes are in the gray area when it comes to, for example, you know, being super 100% um, strict and stringent with your food versus just like going off of the rails and eating whatever. Now, I know that that is not typically what, um, you know, if intuitive eating is taught properly, that's typically not how it is taught. And it's actually not, um, you know, the essence behind intuitive eating. I think that those, you know, those authors that wrote that book wrote, wrote the book in mind with wanting you to feel good. I just feel like sometimes the way that certain people take intuitive eating is just to like eat whatever with no structure. And that can backfire very, very quickly for a lot of people. And I actually don't suggest that. So I don't suggest fully having no structure because that can actually just physically not make you feel awesome. And at the same time, I don't believe in super black and white, white knuckling, strict, like not enjoyable. I don't believe in that either. But at the same time, I do think that nutrition matters. I think it really matters in the way that you feel in your body. I think it matters in the way that you think, um, the way that you approach the world, your attitude, your mindset, feeling clear, feeling like you can connect with yourself and your intuition, especially if you're sensitive, especially if you struggle with mental health. Um, and the reason that I'm bringing this up and, and sort of talking about this is because an article came out with came out this week by Jessica Knoll, who is an author. And the article went viral immediately. I thought it was a great article overall. Um, but I didn't fully agree with a lot of the things that were said in there. And I'm not going to read the article. You can just Google it. Like it's called Smash the Wellness Industry uh, by Jessica Knoll. I will put a link to it in the show notes. But, you know, I really liked the fact that, um, you know, she is talking about like doing just things that work for you and, and focusing on feeling good and honoring your appetite. I really do agree with all of that. But there are some things that I don't agree with. And that is what I wanted. That's what influenced this discussion for me today. And mainly the thing that I did not agree with was that, you know, I don't think that all of us out there can eat 
whatever we want at all times. And this does not come from a restrictive mentality. This does not come from wanting to, um, you know, deprive yourself of food. This doesn't come from uh, thinking you're wrong or anything like that. This comes from like, okay, if we look at the truth of food and we look at the science behind food, it tells us that certain foods for certain people just don't work. And when somebody is saying in an article that food freedom means eating everything at all times, um, I think, you know, obviously, I don't think she meant at all times. uh, So I'm correcting myself there. But pretty much including everything into your diet. I think that for a lot of people that does not work. And I don't think that people should be like vilified for that or saying that, you know, being thought that they are like participating in diet culture if they're choosing not to eat certain foods. Because it is true that certain foods just do have an effect on the way that we think and the way that we feel. And obviously, some people might be a little bit more sensitive to them. Some people might um, have an allergy to certain foods, especially if somebody has an autoimmune disease or something, they might have to avoid certain foods. So to say in an article that there is pseudoscience behind certain things that involve food, like inflammation and all of this, I actually do think that that is not true. I think that there is a lot of science around, for example, hyperpalatability and the fact that when we eat certain foods that we get, um, that we want to eat more of them and certain foods are engineered to make us want to eat more of them. Literally, there are teams of scientists in the processed food industry who create foods to override your hunger signals and your hunger mechanisms. And when we talk about hunger, this is something that I tell to my clients all the time. When we eat whole foods, that is satisfying to our hunger hormones. We have ghrelin, which tells us that we are hungry. Leptin tells us that we're full. Leptin and ghrelin can work in conjunction with each other to sort of regulate us and let us know when we are satiated. Let us know when like you get that feeling of like, okay, I'm good. Maybe I, I can stop eating right now. And and again, I think for others, like you might have to even be a little bit more dialed in with your nutrition if you have certain goals, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's important to have awareness around like, okay, maybe some of us can eat intuitively. Maybe for some of us, it is a little bit harder. Maybe you even need to track if you are okay with that. I'm not against tracking for certain people if you are cool with that. Um, but I do think that... Um, you know, some of us have that propensity to just want to eat more of certain foods that are engineered in that really hyper palatable way. And it is okay to have the awareness around that food and say, like, I don't want to eat that right now, because I know that that is going to send me to want to eat more of it. I know it's going it's going to be very hard for me to stop. And Again, it is okay to have this information and to implement it in your life. I mean, if we think of the current landscape that we're in right now, I'm kind of going on a tangent right now. There are, you know, entire teams of people that are dedicated to, 
getting you to become addicted to things. So there are people employed in the social media world and industries on how to make Instagram and Facebook and Twitter addictive. And that's something that I actually struggle with is like freaking getting off my phone. And it's like, sometimes I'm like sighing right now because it's very frustrating for me because I do succumb to it uh, sometimes. And I have to put parameters around it. Um, And again, like it's not something for me that happens like daily, but it is something that like I catch myself being mindless. And I think we just have to remember like, you know, it is the nature of this thing for it to be addictive. So the same thing with processed foods that are hyper palatable and have a ton of sugar. There's nothing inherently wrong with those foods, but we might think that there is something wrong with us when we feel like we cannot stop eating them. And I don't think that this always comes down to trust uh, because I think that like if we sit down to eat like a chocolate cake or something, that if we think, okay, I'm just going to trust my body, um, the body and even your mind will want to just continue eating. I think it's a practice to trust yourself in this case, but I think the trust comes from a little bit of structure. And this is something that my old coach, Jill Coleman, talks about all the time. She teaches moderation and mindfulness when it comes to food. Uh, She was my business coach. And she talks about the fact that like in mindfulness, of course, we want to eat certain things. Of course, we want to have extra bites of stuff. But like intellectually, we know that maybe that isn't going to make us feel our best. And it's going to you know, deviate us from feeling awesome, from stopping at a point where we feel good versus stopping at a point much later because we have allowed those human mechanisms inside of our brain and bodies to just sort of drive us. Um, So that's why I think that like things, you know, talking about things like hyperpalatability and things like hormones, your hormones Uh, do sometimes dictate the way you look, the way you feel, the way that your brain works. I mean, hormones are literally messengers in the body that send signals to cells and organs to do certain things. So if your hormones are out of whack, yeah, your hunger is going to be out of whack too. And at the same time, I don't think that saying these things is diet culture. I don't think that saying the truth around food And doing what you know works for you on a consistent basis is diet culture. I think it's just the truth. So I actually found myself getting sucked into this many years ago um, when I sort of found myself in a place where I was in a body that I wasn't feeling awesome in and I did want to lose some weight. But again, in beginning to heal my food stuff, I was like, I'm going to listen to like all non-diet, you know, anti-diet things. And, you know, that sort of advice that's like, accept your body the way it is. You shouldn't do anything. You shouldn't want to lose fat. If, you know, if your body's in balance, it's just going to release it. And I, it sounded really great to me. I was like, this is awesome. Like no food rules. Okay. And I was still pretty, you know, dedicated to my eating, but just I didn't put a lot of effort into it. 
And that left me in a place where like, I just really wasn't feeling well. And I had gained like 20 pounds. This was like five years ago. And I, and I think it did have to do with my hormones. I think it did have to do with the fact that I wasn't listening to the structure that I know I need in order to feel good in my body. I think it was, you know, me not honoring how I am. And I think that for some people, they can just sort of like eat whatever and and feel okay. Like my mom is a perfect example of this. Uh, She eats everything. She uh, drinks wine and, and alcohol. I mean, when I say alcohol, I really just mean wine. Um, but she doesn't restrict anything. Like she doesn't count anything. Like she's just somebody who just like eats whatever, enjoys herself. And then like, she's done. She's good. Uh, she doesn't really think twice about it. She just sort of eats smaller portions and that's what she does. So she doesn't really have to think twice about like, this food is hyper palatable. This food is this, you know, some, or even like my husband is the same way or my father, um, or my sister, like many people are not like even pretty much all my friends too are like this. Um, most of my friends who are like, not who don't know a lot like about nutrition, maybe they're just like, it's easy for them. And if that's you, like, that's awesome. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, that is not you because you're listening to, you know, a podcast that has to do with like mindset and nutrition. But the point of this is I just want to continue talking about this and and opening up this conversation of there being this gray area of like, you know, you just because you are following certain food parameters and food structure that you know you need in order to feel your best. It does not mean that you're a proponent of diet culture. It does not mean that you um, you need to shame yourself. If you want to, I'll give you some other examples. If you want to lose fat, if you want to gain some muscle and look like you, like you have some muscle, if you you know, want to track your macros, if you want to track your calories, like, I don't necessarily think that these things are inherently bad. I think that they are just tools that we can like take out of our tool belt sometimes to feel better. And this all comes down to self-awareness, self-love, self-knowledge, knowing who you are, knowing what you need. Because again, when I first read that article, I was like, wow, what a relief. This is awesome. But then I was just kind of like, hmm, don't fully agree with all of this. Um, even though it is, you know, like, I, I don't fully agree with all of the wellness people out there who are like, have my, you know, spirulina and my maca and all of these like adaptogens that are very expensive and like all of these other little tinctures and and all these supplements that you need to take. I don't I'm not in agreement with all of that stuff, especially like I know Gwyneth Paltrow has like a lot of stuff that she recommends and I I, I actually don't have a problem with her, but I'm saying when it comes to wellness, uh, you actually don't need all of those little extra things. You don't need moon dust. You don't need mushrooms in powder form (laughs) to drink in a tea. Uh, You don't need, um, you know, any of these really don't need collagen if you don't, (laughs) if you don't want that Um, or protein powder or, um, magnesium, natural calm, 
again, you don't need these things. And I don't fully agree with like all these people who are, who are like all on the other side of like, you need to spend this much money a month um, on your moon dust and your brain dust in order to feel great. And, you know, I am being a little bit facetious right now, but like, I, I don't fully agree with those things. And I don't think that you need that in order to be healthy either. But I think that it comes down to, and again, just a thought for that, you know, I think that there's this thing of like, okay, if, if this didn't work for me, then like this other thing is going to work for me. And then like, we're on a constant search for, and constantly moving towards different things of like, okay, I'm going to now try this supplement and this thing, maybe this will make me feel better. I'm, you know, betting on, on saying (laughs) that what needs to change most is your mindset around food and the actual food that you are eating, which again, does really matter. Of course, I believe in having fun and being social and having a great time with food. I do really believe in that. But at the same time, you need to partner that with the self-awareness of what makes you feel your best. Because so many of us struggle with sort of staying on that path of doing what is best for us. But I do think that it's important to have that knowledge and just continue going forward with that knowledge of what you particularly need for your body and for your mind and sort of whatever is happening with you. Um, you need, it starts with self-knowledge and and self-awareness. And, you know, speaking of like that article and, and the pseudoscience that she was claiming of, you know, certain foods like nightshades and um, you know, all of these other lectins and, and what, I'm not even sure she mentioned lectins in the article, but like, I am somebody who for a long time, um, really got a lot of praise for her identity as somebody who ate everything, was a chef, was somebody who, you know, was able to go to restaurants and share everything with people and, you know, really get into wine and be really sophisticated and fancy in that whole world of like, oh yeah, I can pick the bottle. I'm so fancy and I can drink an entire bottle and I can um, eat whatever and I can have, you know, sugary pastries for breakfast and and feel great. And then I started having a lot of, there's my dog. (laughs) I started having a lot of digestive distress And I didn't realize that this digestive distress was plaguing me my entire life. And I tried everything. I went to gastroenterologists who told me that I just needed to eat more gluten, more cereal, more fiber, like processed fiber crap. Um, And it wasn't until I took the matters in my own hands and I decided to do a really anti-inflammatory paleo diet that my stomach issues were healed through an elimination diet, through a Whole30, you know, through paleo style eating, I did that for a long time and I was dedicated to it. And now I'm able to eat more foods um, and even eat cheese and dairy, which makes me so happy. Uh, But I am still 100% gluten-free because that's what makes me feel my best. Like I am strict gluten-free and because I literally cannot eat it without feeling really messed up for several days. So at that time in my life, um, an elimination diet was crucial to my health. It was crucial to me feeling like a normal human. It was crucial to me going to the bathroom and 
feeling good and having energy that brought me back to life. So, and I see this in so many people that again, have autoimmune diseases that have reversed their arthritis, who have, you know, big time swelling in their joints and have achy joints. And then they eliminate sugar and all of that swelling goes down and they feel like they can function on, um, they can function normally again. They feel like they can think clearly. And again, I know that the elimination of certain foods can be very triggering to people sometimes. And if you don't have any physical ailments, you know, I don't think an, an elimination diet is is necessary for everybody. But I'm talking about the people who it might be good for and who might actually need some healing through food. You guys, I cannot be in my integrity if I do not say that food can be medicine for a lot of people. I have felt it firsthand. I have seen it with clients firsthand. I have heard the stories of so many people who have like, go Google right now, Terry Walls, T-E-R-R-Y space W-A-H-L-S. I think I'll put her in the show notes. Um, But Terry Walls reversed her multiple sclerosis diagnosis where she literally could not walk. Then she went on an anti-inflammatory diet and has reversed completely healed herself. She could, she walks, she runs, she bikes now has an entire center dedicated to healing. And Terry Walls's place is not diet culture. So like, this is what makes me kind of heated because it's like so many people are thinking that they can't feel better or they shouldn't want to feel better by eliminating certain foods or maybe having doubt around that. And I just, it really is like not making me feel great for like many women out there because I don't want them to fall into what I went through and and what many people went through in pain in their brain and their bodies because they're eating certain things that just don't work with them. Now, again, I need to reiterate, if you are somebody who is not in physical pain and like you just kind of feel good, you feel like you can kind of eat whatever, that's totally fine too. That is your food freedom. And everybody's food freedom is different. And even, you know, I have some clients who like we keep everything in their diet. They just sort of, um, you know, create parameters around what they're eating and they find a way, we find a way together to through a long process where we can figure out a way that works for them. So this is not everybody. Again, I think the greatest tip with nutrition is to honor and do what works for you. Like, that's it. That is all we need to do. And that is very complicated sometimes and very nuanced. But I don't want you to feel bad because you think that, you know, if you are evolved enough and if you are really smashing diet culture or wellness culture, that you're just going to begin eating things that don't make you feel great. And I think the greatest act that we can do to smash, you know, any sort of ideal is to just do what works for us and share about it if we want to, not share about it if we don't want to. But the most important thing is that you are able to honor yourself, trust yourself and do what works for you. So I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the specifics of nutrition and what I think and how I live in this gray area and how it is not diet culture. Um, to use certain tools sometimes. I think it's just 
too black and white right now of like that is diet culture this isn't diet culture and I think that like that is not the truth I think that it is really gray and we have to sort of be careful how we navigate it because my intention with myself and with my clients never comes from like okay we want to we're going to change your body because you know that'll make you a worthy person if you know me at all that isn't the case it's like let's get to a place where we can honor yourself and love yourself and nourish yourself through food and then maybe your body will change in the process that's typically where we start. Other people want a more dialed in approach and that's fine too. We use tools at different times, but I'm always making sure that these tools and behaviors are not triggering. They're not, you know, sending you on a different spiral or something or making you want to binge. So like that's something that we monitor and that we tweak as we go on. So this is just something to keep in mind. It's just my two cents. But again, as somebody who has felt these things so deeply, especially if you are sensitive like I am, you it's more likely that you feel these things more. So I just wanted to put that out there. If you want to get in on this discussion or if you had any extra thoughts, I would love to talk to you. I would love to hear what you have to, um, to say. But in the meantime, I would love it if you signed up for Prep Like a Pro. I'm going to mention it again. We start on June 24th, which is a week from yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out. Um, So stay tuned for that. I can't wait to have you in there. It is totally free and we're going to have an amazing group of women. So stay tuned. Love you guys. Thank you for bearing with me with this conversation but I just had to put it out there and I hope it resonated with you thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast to find the show notes for this episode visit ashleypardo.com follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K Pardo if you enjoy the show please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a 5 star rating and review on iTunes